Hi, I'm Gwen, CEO and, and co-founder of While. And to me, FemTech is the combination of powerful storytelling, emerging technology, incredible science to be able to empower women in the second half of their lives to thrive, be incredibly vital, and contribute kind of the world's biggest problems in ways that we really need for all of us to survive. <laughs> Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto, and today's episode, I interview Gwen Floyd, the co-founder and CEO of Wile. Wile is a holistic plant-based wellness line for grown women, 40 plus, rooted in hormonal and emotional balance. Created in partnership with endocrinologists and naturopaths, Weil is led by a team of seasoned entrepreneurs. Weil serves the 30 million midlife women ignored by brands and medical establishments, yet overburdened with expectations. Weil believes access to effective solutions, real information, and community around perimenopause and emotional wellness is a critical health and gender justice issue of our time. Weil recently launched on Grove Collaborative and may be in a retail store near you soon. Check out their lineup of drinks, supplements, and tinctures at wilewomen.com. Our listeners get a special discount code. Just enter FEMTECH20 for 20% off your order at checkout. That's FEMTECH20 at wilewomen.com. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Gwen. Welcome to the show. Hey, Britt. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Oh, definitely. Um, you know what? I have to admit, I really respected your email the other day when you said, hey, uh, time zones got mixed up and <laughs> it looks like you're going to interview me at 9 a.m. And that's my best interview time. And I was like, I feel <laughs> that. Anyone who knows me, I'd much rather work at midnight than 8 a.m. Much rather. Oh my gosh, I know. It was actually 7 a.m. I'm like, oof, that's going to be. Oh my God, it was 7 a.m.? It was 7 a.m. And I'm like, yeah, I have to hard pass on that for everyone listening. This is a much better version of me. (laughs) It's been interesting. My business partner for Coyote Ventures, Jess, lives in San Francisco. I live in Raleigh. Mm -hmm. And so finding times, I'm like, all right, we can't book anything before my noon because it's too early for her. We'd rather have 8 p.m. meetings. Um, so yeah, I just completely. really respected your email. I was like, I feel that. Yep. Let's oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciated that. It's <laughs> just like, this is for everyone's benefit. <laughs> well, let's kick off your interview with your background. Our listeners love to learn uh, more about our guests in terms of where they're from. What did they study? Mm-hmm. Did they have a career before they ended up in femtech? We normally, you know, didn't say in, in high school that we wanted to be a, a femtech inventor. Right. So <laughs> how did you end up here? Tell us about your story. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess you could call me a serial social entrepreneur. I dropped out of college when I was 20 and started my first business. Um, I was studying and living in, in Europe at the time. Um, so industrial design really at the intersection of kind of human behavior, environmental sustainability, and product design. Well, what country? Like, in Europe? Um, well, 
I grew up in Houston, Texas, which is kind of like a country. And then, <laughs> and, then uh, and then I was I was living in the Netherlands at the time. Netherlands. So, cool. Yeah. yeah, we have a lot of European listeners, so Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was at Eindhoven, the design university there. I'm living, yeah, living in the Netherlands for almost seven years. So it was great. So so I started that program, realized, you know, I just actually I could take advantage of my visa and I had three years to actually like build a business and still maintain my student visa, health insurance, and then go back and finish school. So that ended up being a wild, awesome ride. Uh, built that business. It got kind of, there's like an acqui-hire with Philips Design, which was great. It was there for a year and a half. And while I was there, um, really dove deep into emerging technologies and emerging economies and mm-hmm. kind of the relationship between the two. And so really pivoted kind of my angle in my career towards that, which was kind of design, like the intersection between design thinking, social change, and like, and product. Uh-huh. And Real quick, so, what was that product yeah. you made that Philips acquired? What well, was- no. So it was, it was, um, it was kind of like an acqui hire. So they hired, they hired me, they hired me. And then there was all these, it was a, it was a set of electronics, like within, within the home goods space that made you, that basically like made you think and behave in different ways as it relates to sustainability. So it was because of those that I got kind of absorbed. Into the wow. Company. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Yeah, Feeding human behavior with technology for the better of the earth. For, yeah, for the betterment of the earth. And I think um, since then, it's just been a fascination of changing human behavior in general for the betterment of uh, <laughs> the earth, which turns out, I think the best thing we can do for the earth is uh, empower women and help them be vital and whole. Heck yeah, Mother Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, from there, when I could leave Phillips, it was a great experience. When I could leave there, I... Um, I then started my first consultant. I had and I had two consecutive consultancies focused on like design and social change. Worked all across the global south for like freedom. You know, for, it was so diverse for Freedom House, Nike, eBay. Um, working on the ground um, in South East Africa. There's a consulting project in Iran. Like, like it was it was so diverse, ranging from plural dialogue and totalitarian regimes to a huge art installation around um, environmental degradation and change in China for the BNL there, like really technical products. It was really fun, really incredible. But the end of that run, um, I mean, there was always this through line of, um, yes, of understanding how to create product and services that also really empowered women. Like that was something that has always been interesting to me. They're really like the linchpin of any community or society that you're operating in. And you really see um, how deficits, deficits and systemic injustices stem so directly <laughs> from any community in which women are really oppressed or not supported to participate in economy, society, decision-making, governance, et cetera. Um, and so then <clears throat> the last project was this fascination with basic supply chain transparency, the ability for women <clears throat> to earn income in a distributed manner. And uh, I wrote a proposal for that actually, you know, to, to be implemented in Afghanistan. But then I met my, my last, for my last business, Soko, my two co-founders in Kenya who had been working also in this vein. And so we came together, built like a really amazing company, did that for almost 10 years in East Africa um, and built, yeah, built an awesome company that combines um, supply chain innovation, business, basically a business, um, business tool in a box through a mobile phone at, that enables the kind of supply chain transparency, efficiency, and real-time manufacturing 
through a distributed manufacturing network that was then able to make really beautiful products that are sold everywhere from Goop to European department stores to Nordstrom, online, even did a collaboration for Over 21. So we all said it was kind of like, was ethical fast fashion, like guerrilla warfare on like the horribly exploitative from a human capital perspective and also yeah. from environmentally capitalist perspective and supply chain for women's accessories and fashion. Well, um, we have some listeners, I think that may not know what supply chain is. So if okay. I may define it, you tell me if I'm on track. Mm-hmm. Essentially supply chain is this idea that, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the shirt I'm wearing, it all started somewhere, you know, yeah. uh, computer I'm using, the notebook I have. So where did the paper come from? Where did the ink on the lines come from? Who put the book together? And then how did they ship it? And what did they ship yeah. it on a boat? Did they ship it on a plane? Like, how did they do it? And who did it? And was it, you know, um, who was Completely. working? Um, I know that there's uh, some companies now, you know, like fair trade. It's like, not only do you know where it came from, but you know that the people who made it were treated well and paid well and, yeah. and like that so that's kind of supply chain management right yeah 100 percent. it's basically you look at a doorknob and that doorknob had an entire supply chain from like how it got story to your door exactly it's such a complex story and it's important to think about because a lot of the injustices um in the world and a lot of the environmental like damage in the world comes from the decisions people are making about like what their supply chain looks like yeah so um it is it's so important it's i think it's like the underpinning of our global economy so yeah, think more. We're all... there's the documentaries on like old Navy or like, you know, know. from or all the meat stuff, you know, when you figure out where your meat comes from, it's so crazy. So supply chain is, is I think at first glance may appear boring or complicated, but it's like super pivotal actually. So sorry to yeah, interrupt no, Keep going. No, not at all. That was a great, great clarification. Um, Anyway, so when I, when that was like humming and doing great, I really, I really like building things. And so when I began, I, we brought in an amazing new um, kind of CEO, trained her. And when I could step out of the company, I was in my, you know, late thirties and beginning to experience perimenopause. And the thing is, this is like a very personal, like multi-generational story for me, because when I was in middle school, my mom actually went through very severe early onset perimenopause in her mid to late 30s and was just really gaslit by the entire medical establishment you know and she was really suffering psychologically physically um and could not get answers they tried to you know they basically it's that whole like oh you're hysterical or go on antidepressants or antipsychotics or and when finally after a lot a long time and a lot of searching um she found a practitioner was like oh this isn't that complicated this is perimenopause this is menopause and gave her some supportive products like literally within a week she came to train to herself and so seeing that probably was the most formative experience of my life to yeah. be honest because at that point i'm like whoa it's just kind of all gelled i was in seventh grade i'm like i see this entire world i live in is just like our interlocking puzzle pieces of like sexist, racist, biased industries um, that are really bought in to exclusion and oppression of, of the majority of the world's population. <laughs> so I always say that, um, yeah, it really made me a feminist and it really like created the lens through which I see and operate in the world and really lit a huge fire under me in terms of being really dedicated to building businesses and change that change systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and both 
kind of shown a light on injustice, but also shown a light on the stupidity of injustice. Like these are huge markets that you're ignoring. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? I always say, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always say like, you know, especially within a capitalist society, it is so funny. Like I would say like North America or like the United States is just, is so profoundly misogynist because if you can, and racist and all, all these other issues, because Literally, you're going to be like super core capitalist, but if you're ignoring this huge market opportunity because of your biases, I'm like, oof, that's like, that's a real profound gesture and admission uh, <laughs> to yeah. social fabric. Yeah, exactly. So then, so that was, and so throughout my whole life, I've also actually been really interested in women's hormones. Like, I don't think you can, you can't disentangle like our hormonal reality, our biochemistry from, from culture and technology and innovation and all of this stuff and so even when I was college I was saying different things by like taking endocrinology class um I don't know it's just it's it's really really fascinating to me and especially being like so enmeshed in the business landscape mm-hmm. really realizing too like the the lunacy of how business cultures develop like we especially when we're still cyclical you know we have four different kind of seasons in our monthly cycle and each of those are really represented by very different um like hormonal and psychological um, kind of gestures, you know, that our bodies are making. And honestly, businesses could really, really benefit by empowering women to schedule, like, this is the quarter of the month that I should be negotiating. This is the quarter of the month I should, like, retreat and do all of my creative work that will completely propel this business forward. This is the money, this is the quarter that should be reflective, right? So that's, it's, it's really, it's really extraordinary to me that, like, the, the what'd you say? I said, listeners, if you are like, wait, what did she just say? I should do certain things on certain weeks. I want to go to episode 126 with uh, Alex. She is the founder of The Agenda. It's literally an agenda book based oh, on awesome. what you should work on based on your period. So That's yes. So amazing. Exactly. It's it's so profoundly true. And like, I felt gypped because I, I figured all this out, like maybe in my mid thirties when I was like, ending my more cyclical reality I'm like damn it but it is it's something I'm like constantly spouting to people because it's it, it's powerful it's true and it's it's good for corporations good for your own individual life it's good for relationships etc yeah. um and there was some really interesting change I don't know when if you look back historically anthropologically you know for a long time societies were built around women's well-being you know the whole concept of like the moon lodge or the red tent that wasn't to get like women away that was because there was like this underlying cultural reality and understanding that if a woman is not balanced feeling good taken care of then the relationship will suffer with a partner then the kids will suffer then the kid will hit the neighbor's kid then the, you know what I mean it's like that women really are basically the foundation of society so they should That's be respected our line is women's health is everyone's health you know exactly exactly so you were experiencing some symptoms entering your 30s and did you get like flashbacks of your mom kind of? Oh, totally. Yeah, so it was my late 30s and I was just like, oh man, this is okay, this is happening. I knew it probably, you know, I knew it probably would. A lot of it is genetic. But I was like, you know, decades have passed. Also, I am so educated, re- relatively educated as, you know, an amateur, <laughs> you know, in this space. And I have more agency than is probably good for me. This should not be a problem for me to like, Take care of myself. And I was shocked. Like nothing had changed. I went to like multiple OBGYNs, multiple natural, like basically some natural practitioners. And I'm just like, oh my God, how do, especially within the medical industry, I was like, how do I know more than 
this doctor who specializes in women's medicine, but then I dug deeper and it turns out like, I mean, only 2% of general practitioners get any education in, in menopause. And we're talking about half of a woman's life. You know, even, OB, even OBGYNs, less than 30% um, actually take, I think it's like even an elective. It's like, it's a matter of hours that they're exposed to, to, to be educated about this space. And it's huge. So I was just, I was, yeah. So I was and really shocked. Probably for menopause, not necessarily a, kind of a quote unquote outlier like yourself that was going into menopause at your non-traditional time, which yeah. you know leads to what your mom experienced and maybe what you experienced, which is doctor saying, no way are you in menopause. No way. We have had so many founders on here said, exactly. I was 22 and I knew I had breast cancer and every doctor said, exactly. no way you're 22. And she said, I knew something was wrong though. Right. And like, we've exactly. done ourselves so what happened we really do yeah and I would get ridiculous things like but you look young I'm like what does it have to do with my internal biochemistry you know they're like I'm just like are you kidding me I just like it was unbelievable um yeah so finally I found a doctor that um would work with me but was so interesting she would work with me but then I ended up being kind of self-practitioning which wasn't a good move either because she was open to be like, sure, you want bioidenticals, you want this, you want that. But I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a specialist in this. So there was like a lot of trial and error. Um, I really respected her approach, which was like, I listen to how women feel. And then I, and then I get prescription. I prescribe based on that because that's just as important as blood tests, which can fluctuate throughout the month and all of that stuff. So I was really trying to, to link those two. But it took a long time. It took like a couple of years to find, to find a doctor, which actually ended up being a man, you know, that would work with me effectively. Um, and then, so I started my journey with more of a pharmaceutical approach. Um, eventually got the bioidentical and then eventually just really transitioned off of those because the more I researched, the more I understood. It's like the goal, your hormones aren't static. It's not like at 35, your estrogen starts declining and then eventually it's really low. And, you know, this is a lifestyle, diet, meditation, reducing stress, all of this stuff, actually, those are all like, those are all your partner, your hormonal partners in figuring out mm-hmm. um, what your kind of the, the journey of your hormonal change, which is going to happen to everyone, is going to be. And um, pharmaceuticals really can take over your hormone pathways. And I would say for me, I really believe in the path of like, look, you get dysregulated. The point is to like come back to balance and you're going to have to be in a constant journey of like getting back to balance mm-hmm. and regulating your hormones. And I personally think herbs are the best way to do it. They're what we call amphoteric, which is, for example, at 35, you're actually, you have um, an overproduction, hyperestrogenic of estrogen because your progesterone starts going down due to stresses. And so that crazy like PMS, one the the insane insane stress then the crazy like heavy bleeding and pms that happens kind of in the next phase um all of that is actually influenced by not you know not this increasing decline but oftentimes hyperestrogenism and then just this roller coaster just supposed to be like this once a month it's like throughout the month constantly um changing and up and down and then that's also influenced by a lot of all the xenoestrogens that are what we eat they're in the air you know they're in the meat. They're in the, in the meat air? that we eat. Oh my gosh! Yeah, estrogen they found the air. What are you talking about? The air. Yeah, they found xenoestrogens like in the Arctic in the air. Like they're everywhere now. They're so from us. Is that natural? 
No, they're from us. They're from our emissions. Because <laughs> esters are like, I mean, esters, which bind your estrogen receptors in your blood, like those are found in plastics. You know, plastics, the oil and gas industry, all of that stuff, which is like basically the pollutants that are floating around the air. So there's no way out. Like we're surrounded by them, which is all the more reason we need to be super proactive as women to understand. Like I can eat healthy and meditate all the time and all this stuff. I'm like, and you're still, there's no way out. It's in the water, it's in the air. Like, so be very serious about the fact, like, yeah, why not take, why not get support from herbs and plants that we co-evolved with for millions of years to help balance and regulate our hormones so that our perimenopausal and menopausal journey can be really smooth and enjoyable versus incredibly stressful, shameful, misunderstood, misdiagnosed, etc. And now a quick word from our sponsors. As we've talked about many times in the show before, we need more femtech entrepreneurs improving women's health and wellness across every category, especially sex. I've made some new friends over at Dame Products who are doing just that. Dame Products is a women-owned sex toy company making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. Founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you, listeners. Their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from New York Times, W Magazine, and many more, including me. I recently purchased Dame's Partners Optional Bundle, which includes the Eva and the Arc vibrators, plus Alu Lube. I used to sell sex toys in college and have never seen a design like theirs. The Eva has these small little wings that tuck under the labia for a hands-free experience. Also, their lube bottle comes with a grip slip. Think about the functionality, folks. I love it. Whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost or on a journey of self-exploration, I'm sure they'll earn a spot on your nightstand. Visit dameproducts.com backslash femtechfocus for 15% off the site. This is hell of a deal, y'all. Go to dameproducts.com backslash femtechfocus for 15% off and see what they can bring to your bedroom and beyond. And now back to the interview. Oh my gosh. All right. I want to talk more about the menopausal journey, but mm-hmm. tell me what is wild. So you had all this, like this, you had this yeah. experience, you've like, it was years, you like educated yourself. Obviously you mm-hmm. love mother earth. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm stuck in the Ziploc <laughs> pollution. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what is wild? So while, so basically when I set up my last company, I was like, whoa, okay, now I'm, I'm personally experiencing this. I have multi-generational like kind of lens. I have a passion for this space. I'm like, and it's also clearly there's like cultural appetite now, which is wonderful. Like we have Gen X is now, I am Gen X. Like we are now the demographic that is most, um, most symptomatic in Gen X. We demand a lot. We want to take care of ourselves. We're like hungry for information. Um, we're really... Well, yes, um, unfortunately, there's still a pervasive kind of shame about talking about it. Um, we won't ignore it. You know, it's still very central. Like we think about it, we do the research, we talk to our closest friends about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a market appetite perspective, it's also like we're right, we're right there and right at the epicenter of it. 
Um, and then I was like, well, great. You know, I've built multiple businesses and I have a personal passion for this. And I was like, this, this needs to happen. Cause I, I see there's um, a lot of companies um, out there and I'm so happy those companies are driving dialogue and, and normalizing the conversation around this. But for me, it really, I wanted to build something that really was at the, at the intersection of like the most like rigorous, smartest, proven kind of plant-based medicine um, perspectives melded with new storytelling, basically. Because I think you have to push from both sides. So while it's both like a product company, also a brand and storytelling platform, you know, because uh, I mean, I always say over the last hundred years, our life expectancy of, of women has increased over 30 years, right? So there's this, there's just, so yeah, there's a whole new life phase. There's this traditional arc that has been in place for like 5,000 years for humans, which is you're the maiden, then you're the mother, then you're the crone, and then you die when you're 50. You know what I mean? It's like, that's actually not what happens. So we have this whole third phase of life, which we're calling like grown, like grown women. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like which is Queen of England. If you looked at every like royal mem- king or queen yeah. of England, they never lived that long because of, you know, humans. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> around for like fucking ever. And it's like, people are going to live and die and have the same queen. And that's like never been the case before. I know. I know ever exactly she's you know like the who's her son the prince who's like supposed to be the king he's like he's gonna be the king for like 10 years you know know, maybe maybe I know it's it's super true it's so funny so and like and so yay allopathic like western medicine and like because like literally you'd like walk and you get a slight scratch from a thorn and then you die (laughs) from an infection It was so hard to stay alive. UTI no. dead. You know, like, oh my yeah. God, literally, whenever I'm in UTI, and I'm like, oh my God, I would just want to die 100 years ago. And I would just, no. die. Like, please, please kill me. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, so it's super exciting. But at the same time, I don't think like humans need to have like an operating system of storytelling to identify with. Mm-hmm. It needs to be like named, told, there has to be framework there to actually change our behavior and change our sense of identity as it relates to this. So even though I think intuitively women, a lot of women have these feelings of like, oh, I'm at this phase of my life. I'm starting to feel like, yeah, there's all these uh, complications and some discomfort, but I'm also feeling this like emerging like power, suddenly all the energy that was put towards reproductive hormones and cycles now is actually, I can refunnel to these other areas of my life. But you know what I mean? So I think there is this intuitive understanding and this tension between God, this sucks and God, there's so much more I want and I'm feeling really powerful, right? <laughs> but unless um, unless there's a story to point towards in a cultural movement, um, identity framework, it's really, really hard to act on that and kind of see a, like exemplary paths through that to make sure that women are able to take advantage of all the awesome, truly all the upside and awesome opportunity that being, uh, being menopause, postmenopausal brings. Wow. Um, so I brought you onto the show thinking you just sold supplements. Um, and what I'm getting <laughs> is like, you actually are like designing a way of living and ex- self-exploration. <laughs> I'm like, she still hasn't even brought up the tinctures yet. Like she's I still- know. No, I haven't. Because I mean, this is the foundation. It's like, we have to change the story. Yeah. So that's the foundation. And then on top of that, we've developed products that I'm super excited about and proud of. Like we've talked to hundreds and hundreds of women experiencing perimenopause. And right now, 
it's manifold. Like you go, the products on shelf that are really being sold for, for menopause, one, most of them are like marketed to grandma. Or if not, like someone in their 70s, like drinking white wine with ice cubes in it, like live a life. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, it's just, it's a very different demographic than Gen X. I am Gen X. I feel like more vital, more sexy, more powerful than I have in my entire life. Um, What are the products on the shelf currently? Are there products on the shelf currently for symptoms of menopause? And and are they symptom, are they treating the perimenopause too or no? So so that's also the problem, right? Because um, I will answer your question, but first I have to contextualize it because like one thing that makes me really mad is that everybody's like, oh, it's menopause. This is a blanket statement. Everybody uses that word wrong. And I think it's, we have this in multiple parts of culture, right? When, when you're not specific and clear with language, it actually opens up the wormhole to mm-hmm. for like stigma and confusion and misinformation. Mm-hmm. Menopause is one 24 hour period, 365 days after your last period. That's it. Then after that ends, you are postmenopausal. Before that, you are perimenopausal. <laughs> And so we really do need to call it for what it is because these are very, very, very different life experiences and life, life journeys. So yeah, there's products and it's menopause. It's like always like screaming menopause kind of on the label. And there are a couple Peri- products. And that's it. What'd you say? You're either po- pre, peri or post. You're never actually menopausal because no, it's, it's the title of the a day. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And because menopause is so stigmatized too. I mean, menopausal isn't even like a thing. It's, it's a 24, you know, the people yeah. she's menopausal. I'm like, I'm sorry. You can't talk about like a 50 year life. Like, like with that one word, that's incorrect. Um, so uh, yeah, so I think it's really important to like craft language and also craft language, not only from the scientific perspective, perimenopausal, but they also have like the cultural associations, like you're grown. This is what it means. You still have your period. It might be irregular. You're symptomatic, but this is like a 10 to 15 year experience. It starts when you're super vital. The problem is a lot of women when we've interviewed them, over 50% of women that we've interviewed are perimenopausal or symptomatic and have no fucking idea that they are. Really? You were like informing them? Oh yeah. Cause they don't know what perimenopause is because it's not a word that's really used frequently. Um, and because they associate menopause with like, I don't have my period anymore. I'm old. I'm post-sexual, all this shit. Right. So it's just, so women are like left in the lurch of feeling all this stuff and being like, well, and thinking it's otherwise They're like I'm having, I'm having like super depressed or women are misdiagnosed all the time for like PCOS or fibromyalgia or maybe like forced uterine biopsies on them for like literally the most basic and predictable perimenopausal symptoms. So you test if you're perimenopausal, is it like a hormone test you can check? So two ways. One, there's like, there's actually in like the North American Perimenopausal Society has great information. There's really a list of around 30 symptoms that you can check if you're experiencing. And then also there's ways to test. It's a little inconsistent. The best way to do it is work with a practitioner in the same day of the month for multiple months you test and then you can test a few different hormones and see what the levels are. Um, so it's really the intersection of both like anecdotal matters so, so much actually for understanding if you're perimenopausal because unfortunately oftentimes the tests are not conclusive and I've talked to multiple doctors who are like blood tests are great especially later in the journey but they can also um, undermine 
the reality of a woman's experience and the reality that she is perimenopausal. Uh, yeah, so there's co- abs come back fine, but she's like, I don't feel fine. And then yeah, exactly. Like, do not compute. I don't know what yeah. to do. like yeah yeah no so it can be complex especially the earlier phases of perimenopause so the product line itself what it really does is it 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 takes into consideration that like your hormones you could even say perimenopause starts at 35 every like women's hormones start changing at 35 Mm -hmm. period and that starts the early symptoms are oftentimes cortisol and progesterone dysregulation so and and this gets back to what you're saying about the perverse the perversity of like women in the current workplace, which is super patriarchal and all the expectations placed on them. Because um your body around 35, it it may it has to make a decision. It's called the pregnant pregnenolone steel. That basically um if you experience stress, your body's gonna be deciding is it producing cortisol, which is like a stress hormone, or is it producing progesterone? And you really progesterone is like a core reproductive hormone that we have to have that has to be balanced with estrogen where everything starts getting fucked up mm-hmm. you know and so but ultimately because oh my god we live in a stressful society <laughs> and if your body's already pre- predisposed to do this that means like almost every woman their progesterone levels start going down dramatically which leads to insane high stress and adre- like basically adrenaline surges which then ends up turning into adrenal fatigue which affects everything from metabolism and uh, basically insulin um insulin use like cardiovascular i mean it goes it goes on and on and on then the second thing that you really start experiencing is is um kind of period and period and pms dysregulation mm-hmm. because your if you don't have enough progesterone, you can't actually shed the line, the lining of your uterus every month. And so women, I mean, it's like, women are like, am I a teenager? Like I'm 41 and I'm like bleeding through my pants, you know, like literally it's like that or like I'm having, or I'm bleeding half a month or twice a month or I'm having PMS. Like I've never even thought was possible. Mm-hmm. Right. But women don't, aren't trained to think like that is perimenopause. That is one of the earliest, earliest signals of perimenopause, but no women understand that. They're just like, oh, and so then they go try to find like a PMS herbal supplement or something, but that's for like women in their 20s, not for women that are experiencing this hormonal transformation. So um, our first product actually, which we're really, really excited about, it's called 40 Plus Hormonal Balance, and it is ultimately trying to usher in a completely new culture of how we address balance and regulate our hormones as women, because we always kind of compare it to like probiotics or prenatal, which used to be really French. Right. But now we understand if I want to get pregnant or I'm pregnant, I'm going to start taking a prenatal. Yeah. In those ways. It's standard. Or even probiotics. Like 10 years ago, they were friends. Now everybody's like, we all have a microbiome. We really need to balance it because it affects every single aspect of our system. Right. And that's, and so ultimately, we fundamentally believe that women in their late 30s, early 40s, also, period, no questions asked, should be supporting their hormone system. Mm -hmm. It's like across the board, universally true. And so we've created this really unbelievable product that helps you regulate your hormones and if you jump on it early it will really help avoid you getting so dysregulated that suddenly you become super symptomatic and experience the discomfort that can be very very severe if you allow your system to get that far in the process so that's the first product the second product is menstrual regularity which oftentimes if you haven't kind of started that type of hormone bolstering and support early that is a, that's that's the first symptom. You know, all my friends are just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? So really helping again balance like estrogen and progesterone, but also supporting all of the other symptoms 
you know, that come on with PMS. But for us, it's really, unfortunately, a lot of products on the market, it's like either phytoestrogens, like really, really focusing on hormones or like a phytoserotonin that's really, really just trying to calm the nervous system mm-hmm. because that can also be responsible for like vasomotor symptoms or some of the stress. Like you really, to, to be able to appropriately or holistically support women in this life phase, you really need to approach it from both sides. Yeah. You know, and that's why our products contain phytoestrogens, phytoserotonins, phytodopamines, um, adaptogens, nutritives that make all of that more bioavailable. I mean, it's just, it's, we're talking about a, such a complex system with like crosstalk and feedback loops that you really need to approach it and consider it in that way. Then we have a formula that's unbelievable for when you get a few further enough along in the journey and you haven't been able to, you know, and you just found us and you have not been in the practice of balancing your hormones. One that's really focused on like hot flashes, vasomotor symptoms, um, night sweats, et cetera, using a co- really combination of like the, the most age old, like proven, um, proven herb, which is actually salvia sage with, for us, like the, the most clinically, like the, the, it's, it's called life and on it. It's an extract of the hops and it's eight pernilindrin and it's, um, it's the most concentrated form of a specific type of phytoestrogen that has the most powerful clinical data we've ever seen. So the results are amazing, you know, and I really love approaching from both those sides. And then also, because we can't separate, you know, the nervous system, you know, and stress from, from the hormonal challenges that you're going through in your body because they talk to each other and they regulate each other. We also offer um, both one for stress and anxiety which is very powerful and helps that as well as burnout, which is the opposite face of the stress and anxiety. Cause once your adrenal system has been so overwhelmed, you're eventually going to crash. Mm-hmm. Um, and one also for weight, which is really about ins- insulin metabolism, really he- healing your liver. I mean, this is because this is the prime complaint for a lot of women going through this life phase. And it's, it's um, so insulting, I think, right? Because they're like, not only am I feeling all these crazy things, but like I literally now have lost control over my body you know like no matter what I eat how much I meditate there's like this is what is going on Mm -hmm. right and yeah and 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 a lot of the solutions that are thrown at them are like bad for their hearts and bad for their liver and bad for their kidneys so Mm -hmm. yeah we're excited about that so those are the those are the core supplements and then we have a line of tinctures um that are more for like real-time support and release that layer perfectly on top of the supplements. And that's for rage, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just for when, like, I don't know, we also want to embrace, I think female rage is a very powerful tool. I think it needs to not be stigmatized, it needs to be yeah. recognized. And it's also super uncomfortable at times. So, <laughs> you know, so one is for that, there's what we call joy juice, which is um, mood lifting, there's sleep support, that's melatonin free, but very, very effective, et cetera. And so those are more of understanding that perimenopausal symptoms are both foundational and you need to address things like every day over time. And they're also situational mm. because your, your chemistry is changing all the time. So mm-hmm. being able to support that with like really powerful tinctures is really helpful. So that's, awesome. that's in a, a nutshell, the two sides of the business that we're really passionate about. Whoa, you <laughs> dropped a bunch of names of what's inside these things. Mm-hmm. Um, are they all natural? Yes, they're 100% plant-based. They're all oh, natural. They're all from plants. And they're all from plants. Are these like, are there like ancient, you know, wise tales of them being used previously and now we're just bottling it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. So it's a combination of, um, I mean, most of what we're using is, I will say the thing is, is like, we co-evolved with plants 
you know, period, you know, for millions and millions of years. And so we have the remedies we need to leave like vital, healthy life like that's around us. Um, and science is awesome. And there's ways of being able to create extracts and concentrations and like take the most vital, powerful element of that plant out and, um, and deliver it in the most effective way to women. Mm-hmm. So it's really a combination of that, like ancient knowledge that has been proven and practiced for thousands of years, plus really cutting edge science. And I think one of the things we're really proud of is we spent a long time finding our science partners for doing this. And what we think is really important, women's health in general, as we all know on this podcast, is highly understudied. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most things are actually formulated just period, period from clinical studies. Um, and there's some great clinical studies out there. And it's important that things are backed up by clinical studies. But this is so limited. So we also really want to work with people that had decades of experience, like in clinic, hands-on, anecdotal knowledge of how to work with women and plants to overcome, you know, the this phase of life and have that deep, like intuitive and educated, like pattern pattern language recognition to be able to craft, um, yeah, to be able to craft the best possible formulas out there that again combine cutting edge science and like really like ancient. My goodness. Well, Gwen, this has been such a fun interview. So (laughs) insightful. I'm like, wow. Every time I think I know, I don't know. Um, (laughs) uh, We have two last questions that our listeners really love. The first one is um, we have a lot of aspiring femtech founders that listen. And what's an area in women's health and wellness that still needs innovating? Oh, gosh. I mean, whoa, there's there's so many, but um, I would argue, like what I said before, uh, education and storytelling is it, it to me that is core actually to women's wellness and like and femtech. It's like storytelling was our original technology. Like there's so many ways that can be innovated, especially in this domain. Let me tell you, like it's it sounds complicated, but it's not that complicated. And just like breaking down the story of what's happening. You know, I've seen women be like, God, I'm so relieved, you know, because suddenly it's not their fault. They're overcome with stress and literally can't function, yeah. period. Because they've been told the wrong story and then it's been made their fault. Yeah. So um, I think like super smart, like storytelling and education delivery mechanisms that like vibe with culture, vibe with our technology. Um, and that literally create like community and solidarity and like culture change is huge and needs so much focus. Um and then, and then I, I really do believe that there's no reason that we can't live insanely vital, healthy, like energy-filled, erotic, whatever lives for as long as we're walking, right? There's really no reason. And I think that needs to, I think I'm all for um, pharmaceutical, like, you know, traditional, like it basically like Western medicine um, for so many things. But I, but for so many things, I'm not. And I think we're really in the middle of this like plague of people being misprescribed or prescribed in ways that organs really get worn out and shut down. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's an initial band aid, but then the long term impacts really suck. And that's mm-hmm. heartbreaking when we have all of this like natural plant based kind of technology that's really there again that we co evolved with that can support all of those symptoms most not all of them but like most of those symptoms in a way that's like really really support longevity and vitality 
Mm-hmm. So I, those are the, those are to me the two most important things I'm obsessed with like the, the last half of our lives. <laughs> Sounds like there needs to be a Pixar movie where the main character is a woman going <laughs> through perimenopause. I know, seriously. It is a super badass. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> and then she yeah. gets powers. So menopause is actually really cool. Like at yeah. midnight, she gets her powers, you know, like. <laughs> oh my God, so awesome. I mean, seriously, when she postmenopausal, like you're you're in this like you're actually the hormone stage you're stuck in is like this super balanced powerful like clear-sighted I mean most like there's only a few mammals that experience menopause and we're the only mammal that experiences menopause where leadership is not postmenopausal women every single other mammal which makes so much sense because they are able to make decisions not based on reproductive hormones and all those like subconscious like instincts to you know like procreate make the most powerful progeny etc so i just i think that's where we gotta be at too my gosh that is i have a lot of ideas but we're running out of time here so okay okay, okay, great. Uh, our last question is what do you think the femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful yeah i mean i think it needs funding which is one of the reasons i'm super excited about what you guys are doing at coyote i mean it really it really does there's a ton of brilliant women out there with amazing ideas uh patentable technologies to interesting concepts, et cetera. And it's just, it's sort of a weird uphill battle. And there's also a lot of internalized kind of stigma, even amongst like women founders, I mean, sorry, women funders as well. Mm-hmm. So um, just, yeah, that it needs to be normalized and the data, the data just needs to be seen and believed, yeah. you know, and I think that uh, period, but likewise, the best possible investment you can make. Hmm. Love it. Gwen, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you to our sponsor, Dame Products, and thank you listeners for listening to my interview with Gwen Floyd, the co-founder and CEO of Wile. Don't forget to see their lineup of drinks, supplements, and tinctures at wildwomen.com. Use our special promo code FEMTECH20 for 20% off your order. That's FEMTECH20 at wildwomen.com. Alrighty, Fem fans, be sure to give the show a five-star review and share it with a friend. Join our virtual community at femtechfocus.org and join the thousands of other Femtech founders, investors, and mentors advancing women's health. While in the virtual community, sign up to be a Fem Pro member for only $10 a month and get access to the Femtech Institute, a library of Femtech and startup lessons that are sure to help you advance your startup and teach you more about the Femtech industry. Keep an eye out for our monthly Femtech book club and subscribe to our newsletter. Last but not least, please consider setting up a recurring donation to Femtech Focus, which is a 501c3 nonprofit and relies on your donations to operate. Okay, Fem fans, until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness. Mm-hmm.